You are now listening to the Ramble On podcast. Okay, welcome everyone to episode one of the Ramble On podcast covering chapters one and two, and a long expected party, and, and the shadow of the past. Also, as well as, we'll be talking about the prologue <clears throat> and the forward. I know I said I wanted to talk about the forward, but now that I'm looking at my notes, let's just gloss over something. It's, it's going to bring us too much into the story too f- <clears throat> past chapters one and two okay uh which i know i said we shouldn't be scared of doing but it's gonna we're gonna get too Too deep into but um in summary i ended up going and making a complete (laughs) timeline of tolkien's works oh wow because i was trying to find out if there was any mention of balrogs before the um the fellowship and I'll get more into that. What do you mean? <laughs> because I want to... Hold on, introduce your introduce yourself. Okay, all right. <laughs> I'm Alex Degelman. With me, as always, is my co-host and self-proclaimed Lord of the Rings expert, Jimmy Goen, a.k.a. The Face, a.k.a. Prince Jimmy of Nigeria, a.k.a. James and the Giant Peach. How's that for an introduction? <laughs> How's it going, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> all right, back to my Balrog situation. Why are you so curious about the Balrog? I'll tell you why. Okay. In the foreword, um, Tolkien talks about his um, his journey in writing the books mm-hmm. and how spread out it is. And basically from this timeline, I figured out... Um, well, first of all, let me tell you why I wrote this timeline. Okay. Tolkien says as he's writing... The Fellowship, or as he's writing The Lord of the Rings, which he originally wrote as one story, not Correct. in three books. Right. Um, he says that he writes all of it up until he gets to Moria. Right. Where he says he stopped at Balin's tomb. And I was thinking, okay, he, doesn't, he doesn't pick up for more than a year after that. So I was thinking, okay... If I was writing a book and I stopped and didn't pick up for a year, the tone would probably be completely different or it would accelerate or so, or something. Especially, it would be different. Especially considering the, the time period that it's being written in. Exactly. It's during the war. Right. And Which, for, as a disclaimer, he says does not influence I literally have words. that written in my okay, notes okay. right here. As well as, it's not a Christian allegory as well, which I originally believed. Right. I thought it was... An, a Christian allegory, mm-hmm. which he says it's not an allegory at all, right. which I kind of have a lot more respect for the book now. He says there's no complete, me- It's completely of his own creation. Right, there's no like underlying message or any... Right. He doesn't like allegories, so yeah. it's just a story. He's, yes, exactly. So anyways, I'm thinking, okay, see, this is where I don't want to get into it too much because we're going to be talking too much about all right, well, we further can, chapters. Okay, we can bring it up later then. I'll bring it up later. In, in short, it made me have to look at the order in which he wrote everything. Mm-hmm. So I put together this timeline. We can go over that later too. Um, but anyways, I'll bring that up again when we get 
when we are also standing at Balan's tomb, okay. which will be in a few weeks. Um, you wanted to talk about the prologue a little bit. Just a little bit. Okay. Uh, we can kind of gloss over it. Um, it's not... It's written as though it's in the story. So yeah. it's not like a forward written in the voice of Tolkien. It's right. in the voice of some character within yeah. the universe of... Which is, I think, it's, it's genius. Because if you haven't... If you if you were picking up Lord of the Rings for the first time, didn't know anything about it, hadn't read The Hobbit, hadn't seen the movies, it's a perfect way to introduce you to like <clears throat> Middle Earth, basically, mm-hmm. and it kind of gives you a heads up of what you're getting into. You're about to read about mythical creatures right. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also have written here, Hobbits were the first potheads in Middle Earth. Uh, they absolutely were. Before the wizards and everybody got their hands on it. <clears throat> Yeah, they, they uh, it up. the long bottom leaf. That's uh, an old Toby direct quote from the movie, "The Last of the Long Bottom Leaf." Yeah, um, mentioned in the prologue. Yes, um, it also talks about. <clears throat> let me flip to it. It talks about. Uh, it talks about the, the pipe weed, which we don't know what kind of. It's probably tobacco. It's probably tobacco. He even says it's like it, there's some word in there. Maybe you can find it. It's something like nicotine. Oh, I know what you're talking about. So let me see, it, let me see if I it's probably more yeah, like uh, nicotine. Read that sentence for the people, okay. <clears throat> people at home. Um, there is another astonishing thing about hobbits of old that must be mentioned: an astonishing habit they embedded or inhaled through pipes of clay or wood the smoke of burning leaves of an herb, which they called pipe weed or leaf, a variety probably of nicotiana, which sounds suspiciously like nicotine. Right, so I don't think it has any properties other than probably a slight buzz. Probably not. <clears throat> but they're smoking it. They're like smoking crazy. it regardless. And Gandalf gets on that train and... Uh, he loves it. He loves it. Yes. Most people do. Yeah. Um, um, and, and then it talks about... Uh, probably if you haven't read The Hobbit, one of the most important parts setting up the story, the finding of the ring. Which we're not going to get into because this isn't a podcast about The Hobbit. Thank you goodness. guys know you guys know how that all happened, and they go into it in the first and second chapters. So yeah, we so we won't uh, belabor that here. Okay. Um, but that's really, I mean, I, that's really all about the prologue that I kind of wanted to. to I have talk written about. here the Shire Reckoning, which is like how the Hobbits measure their years. Yeah, which they didn't start measuring time until about sixteen hundred years after the Third Age began. It's not really that relevant, but. No. Um, I think it's a useful piece of trivia, and kind of sets up. You yeah, know, they where have their own. At. They have their own way of keeping history because they don't care about the history of anybody else. They're very secluded, so right. They don't care about any of the other goings on around Middle Earth, at least for the most part. We'll see that some, a couple of them do. A couple of them do. A couple of them do. But yeah, normally they don't really care. Um, in <clears> fact, <throat> their maps don't really extend beyond the Shire, mostly because yeah. none of them have been out of the Shire yeah. except for Bilbo. Um, anyway, you want to get on to chapter one? Let's. Okay. Um, so let's set up the scene. Okay. Bilbo. So chapter one. Chapter one, long expected party. There we go. And they're not lying. It's a long expected party, and that is literally the entire chapter. Yes. Is about the party. Yes, it is. Uh, Bilbo, a hobbit of the Shire, is planning his 111th birthday. Mm -hmm. Um, which is so, which is old for a hobbit. It's old, but it's not it's not that old. There's been older. There's been older hobbits. Old Tuk. Yeah, uh, Bilbo's grandmother apparently, or mm-hmm. mother maybe, was also super old. She yeah. was like 115. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing is, though, Bilbo does not look 111 years old. Correct. He looks young. Well, not young, but he looks 
way better than he way should. Way better. People are people are starting to be get suspicious. Right. Super suspicious about mm-hmm. it. Uh, another thing, it's Frodo's birthday too. Which that's I had no idea. Uh, that was news to me. And their birthday is September twentieth or twenty second. Twenty second. Yes. I was so bummed that it wasn't my birthday. I was hoping. <laughs> I, I was wishing that it was your birthday, yeah, but it wasn't. I, it wasn't. I'm super upset about that. That's okay. Uh, that, yeah, that's all right. Um, so it's Frodo's birthday too. He's turning 33, right? Uh, which is like the Hobbit's coming of age. Yeah. Um, which is, I mean, that's not super important either, but it, it's it should be a celebration for Frodo too. But it's definitely all about Bilbo. It's he tries to bring Bilbo. Frodo into it a little bit. He's like, hey, he mentions him in speech, but yeah, it's uh, besides that, it's all about. Bilbo. And obviously Peter Peter Jackson doesn't care that it's uh, Frodo's birthday either because he knew. Yeah, that was completely it. left out of the movie. Um, what was in the movie, they do talk about Bilbo not appearing to have aged. Gandalf mentions it. Yeah. The first, like One of the first things he says to him when he sees him is you, you haven't aged a day. Exactly. Um, so <clears> that's brought up. That's something polite people say. You don't really expect... You could tell Gandalf was... That sparked something off in his mind though, I think. It did, but... As the book tells us, he's had something sparked in his mind long before that. Right, right. He's been questioning Bilbo for quite some time. Gandalf in the book is... A, he's probably the most different character so far. Okay. Do you agree? I agree. Okay. Um, and I think... I'll just go ahead and jump to this. I think Sam is the most similar... I was thinking the same thing. He's in the like, book. He, I was Very literally close. thinking the same thing. Okay. I'm glad we're on the same okay. page. Yes. He is definitely the most similar, for yeah. sure. Whenever I'm reading his lines, he, I can hear his voice. It's per, it's pretty perfect. perfect. Yeah, it's pretty perfect. Gandalf, uh, not so much. Frodo, different. not so much. Uh, um, Frodo doesn't. I mean, they, they're not developed as much in the first couple chapters. Right. Honestly, Sam has the most. I feel like he has the most character development in the first two chapters, at least so far. Um, Gandalf seems less wizard-like so far. He seems like I don't know. There's just not as much going on with his character. He doesn't seem as because in the movie, right away, that first scene, whenever he meets up with Frodo and he has that little joke with him and they start like laughing and talking about stuff, like immediately he's like this like kind guy, but you can tell that he's like full of wisdom. Right. I feel like it's not. He's not as how do you, kind. <laughs> how do you feel about him in the book, though? Um, he's kind of a jerk. A, a little, little bit. bit. And when he's so, I'm gonna skip a little bit just so I can talk about his character. That's fine. When he's trying to get Bilbo to give up the ring, he seems a lot like he wants the ring. But I know he does. Obviously right. he doesn't. Obviously but he doesn't. It but kind of... it makes you really understand why Bilbo's more hesitant to give yeah. it to him and why he says you want the ring for yourself. Because it really seems like he does. Obviously he doesn't. Right. He's that even to question that is blasphemy. Also, a, a, an interesting little side note, Bilbo reaches for his sword. I, that doesn't happen in the movie. No. He reaches down for his sword like oh, he's yeah. about to throw down with Gandalf. Yeah, um, which, in, uh, which is... Gandalf says to him and Frodo that... <laughs> so he says, he tells Frodo... I, ha- I think I wrote it down. Um, maybe I didn't. Oh, no, I just wrote that Gandalf is a humble bragger uh, because when Frodo... <laughs> he tells Frodo that he would break his mind if he tried to <laughs> force him to give him the ring. I believe it. That's, um, yeah, I can he, see that being true. Yeah, so I mean, he's he's kind of a jerk. You can tell he's definitely wise. I think he, I think his character will take a little bit longer to yeah, develop. which is good. I'm <clears throat> fine with that. I'm glad yeah. we're talking about the characters because 
that's what that's what I thought about most when I was reading it because there's not a lot going on in the first right. Two there's a lot of introduction of characters. There's still um, a lot to unpack. There's them. a little bit. Let's let's jump back into chapter one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're already going off on tangents. Let's Sorry jump back into that. chapter one. Um, what's the first thing that you was there anything specifically that jumped out to you that you wanted yes. to talk about? Okay. Um, before I get to that, let me uh, let's talk a little bit more about Frodo and Bilbo. Mm-hmm. Um, Right. So Bilbo and Frodo are cousins. Frodo is Bilbo's youngest cousin, his favorite cousin, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, who Bilbo actually adopted. Right. Uh, they don't say how Frodo's parents died. In fact, I think a they lot do. of Shire, they do. They do. They yeah. drown. They drown. What, yeah. Okay. But they don't. There's apparently there's some speculation. There's some speculation on, about some. I mean, hobbits sh- are, are. They're very gossipy. They're gossipy. They're, they're gossipy. very gossipy. Um, some more than others, but yeah. Yes, uh, according to what well, what we get from which is gossip, I will mm-hmm. I will add. But from the gossip, his parents died somehow, drowned. Um, yeah. We don't we don't know exactly the circumstances. Anyway, Frodo's life starts off pretty poorly. Like, yeah, it sucks. His first couple, he was I don't know. It does, I don't think it says how young he was, but he was young. Yeah, and his parents die, and he's with the um, I think it was the Brandy Bucks. That he kind of like gets, he's like living with at first. Yeah. Well, which, that's like his mom's side is right. Brandy Buck, I think. I think you're right too. Regardless, if we're wrong, somebody email us and be <sighs> honest. Regardless, he gets yeah, he gets adopted by by Bilbo, Bilbo, who I think Bilbo senses a kinship with Frodo in the sense that they're both kind of adventurous, yes. uh, more uh, inquisitive than most hobbits would be. Right. <laughs> okay, so. Um. So Bilbo and Frodo are cousins. Mm-hmm. Um, Frodo, Frodo's family, the uh, the Saxville Bagginses, they're not too happy about their relationship because they obviously know that um, Frodo is Bilbo's heir. He will inherit all of Bilbo's fortunes when he eventually dies which who knows when that'll be because he's 111 and everybody right. thinks he looks great so they're already pissed that he's not dying and then all yes. of a sudden he gets this heir who is going to get the supposed you know that you know how they say the there's like tunnels all through his house right. filled with treasure more more hobbit gossip a lot more hobbit gossip is that bilbo has hidden treasure all throughout the shire and underneath his home all over um, the place which obviously they point out how that that couldn't be true. Sam's been in there a hundred times. He's definitely very wealthy. He's wealthy, especially by Hobbit means. We know um, that. But he's also very giving. They talk about he gives away a lot of money, a lot of things, which is normal for Hobbits. Hobbits are very giving creatures. They are. They on their birthdays they give other people gifts, which is interesting. I like it. I like that, but let's, let's not get on for that train. not for me, but for other people. <clears throat> um. So. The next thing that jumped out at me is Gandalf has the most badass fireworks. Um, yeah, they go into a great deal of detail about. I the wish fireworks. they would have shown more fireworks in the movie. Uh, even the dragon one is cool, but the other ones, they I'll let y'all read it. I don't want to describe the fireworks to you. You guys are it's big, cool. It's cool though. Big adults and can read for yourselves. Um, so let's move on. They have a huge party. It's way bigger than than it seems in the movies. Um, and they have a, they even it's have basically like a little, the entire it's basically the entire shire and and then some and then some yeah and uh, they're getting drunk as <laughs> and eating uh, they say it snows food and rains drink whatever that means sounds that's, like a that's lot like a hobbit yeah. some hobbit uh, saying that they, right. that they have so 
Um, they have a little special dinner for like the close relatives and stuff, and then Bilbo kind of says, "Hey, it's Frodo's birthday too. Mm-hmm. Uh, no big deal though, because I'm 111." Um, so they have this little special family friends dinner party, and then afterwards they all get together, and Bilbo does his speech. Right, Bilbo's speech, which some of it comes directly. There's there's quite a bit of it that's directly quoted in the movie. I like which it. I like anytime there's a direct quote that I see from the movie in the book. I really like that. I almost highlighted every one because it makes me happy. I, st- I I've it. underlined a lot of them. And in fact, I've been read some of the direct quotes. I just read it as the quote from the movie, even yeah. if it's a little different. It's slightly different. There's some still, slight differences. I still read it as the movie. quote. Peter Jackson took a few artistic liberties, which he did. Uh, which I it makes it more cinematic though. Some it makes the, it way more cinematic. Some of the quotes are like very they're little literal and kind of old fashioned. Yeah, a little bit, but um. So, yeah, we've got Bilbo's speech going on, um, and then at the end of which, he does his, his little trick. He does. And right. in the book, Gandalf makes a little flash of light yes. to make so, it seem not so crazy magical. Right. So here's a few things I wanted to, to bring up about the Bilbo disappearing with the ring. Gandalf knew about it beforehand. Way beforehand. Way beforehand. And Frodo knew about it beforehand. Yes. Which makes it not as... There's not as much tension right from the get-go. So in the movie, he puts this ring on. That's kind of the first time that you see that something might be... Because before that, it's kind of like all happy. Um, He puts that ring on. It flashes to Gandalf's face. He looks worried. It flashes to Frodo's face. He doesn't know what's going on in the movie. Right. He's worried. Right. um, Because he has no idea what's going on. So to me, that gets you into the action a lot quicker which obviously you have to do for a movie. The book, right. not as much. He knew Gandalf and Bilbo, or sorry, Gandalf and Frodo both knew that Bilbo had this plan. Right, and I'm, I'm behind that. I like that. It um, makes sense because Bilbo told, he told Frodo everything. Yeah. So it makes sense that he would have told him about his plan. Right. So um, Gandalf makes this like flash of light <clears throat> to make it seem more like a parlor trick than real magic. Right. Because if he would have just disappeared, people would have been freaked out they were already kind of freaked out they're hobbits they don't see stuff like that no um so afterwards Gandalf Mm -hmm. and Bilbo meet up at Bag End Mm -hmm. and here's where you get a real glimpse at the hold that the ring has on Bilbo uh but also like his resilience to the ring's power which Gandalf goes on later to say that um hobbits Hobbits could potentially have a real resilience to the ring's power. Right. And he might be the only one who knows that. And um, I don't know if it talks about it. I can't remember if they mention it in the book, but I think he, Bilbo might be the only person who is willingly given up the ring without force. Okay, so I wanted to talk, to oh, talk never mind. about that. I retract that statement. Okay, let me, let me continue then. Okay. Because in the movie, he drops he, the ring. He drops it. In the book... He tries to take it. He tries it's to take the, it. It's back in the envelope away. already, right? He tries and he to drops pull it, it away on from, accident. Yeah, while he's trying to pull it away from Gandalf, mm-hmm. and he accidentally drops it. And before he can pick it up, Gandalf takes it from him. Right. So that's that's one of the big. So, but it wasn't like by force. Like he didn't have to get his finger bitten off by a golem or choked to death. Right. Or um, yeah, any any of the above. Right. So I will, I will retract that though because there is another Hobbit who gives it up willingly. Yes. Later. But well, that's much, much later. Right. Okay. Very, very much later. So that leads me to my first question. Well, I guess we kind of already answered it. Which medium, the book or the movie, does a better job at examining the effect the ring has on Bilbo and Gandalf's concern of its nature? That is a good question. Because 
the reason I ask that question is obviously you get a true sense of the ring's power when Bilbo can't he can't will he willingly gives it up in the movie. He does not willingly give right. it up in the book. It's hard, but he eventually drops it. But and in, then, the, in the movie, you get a more in their conversation where they're talking about Bilbo giving up the ring. It mm-hmm. seems like a huge. It seems like way bigger of a concern than in the book. Right. I guess because they're trying to accelerate. The they movie. have to. Because in the book, it's like Gandalf at this point is like, oh, it, it's a magic ring. You probably shouldn't use it that right. much. He's he seems way more worried in the movie. Yeah, and the, listen to the intro music and listen to how forcefully Gandalf yells at Bilbo in the movie. He's not really that pissed off in the book, um, but still, he does. It, he he needs to use a little bit of force, but it's not as it doesn't seem as tense or climatic as it does right. in, the, and in the movie. I think overall, it, uh, it's going to give a a better impression if they build up how devastating the ring is. Right. Instead of just all of a sudden explaining how important it is and how evil it is, just yeah. slowly building up its nature. Which makes sense. Like, we're on page, like, from the beginning right. of chapter one, like, page four or whatever. Right. And you're already getting a sense that this ring is something something special. Yeah. Whether for good or for evil. So, yeah, I think... The one thing that I like about the movie, not the one thing, one of the things that I like about this scene is once Bilbo leaves and Gandalf reaches down to touch the ring and you see the, the Eye of Sauron flash. Yeah. That's a good moment. Because then, is. like. I didn't even think about that. Because then Gandalf, like, stops and, like, that's when you see him, like, really start to, like, okay, this might be. And then the next scene is him sitting in the chair, like, smoking his yeah, pipe yeah, yeah. in front of the fire. Like, exactly. Like, something's up with this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so. You you said something earlier. So, I don't know how this past week has been for you, but it has been a constant struggle of me trying not to read further in the mm-hmm. chapters. I've wanted to read chapter three so bad. Uh, me losing sleep over thinking about this. I've, I've laid in bed thinking about it. <laughs> I have. And also not being able to talk about it at the gym. Yeah, because I had shut you up a few times. Yeah, I almost got I almost got into some yeah. stuff that we should have been um, but discussing. But one thing you did bring up is that you thought the book did better at a lot of things in the movie, which are what? Well, kind of the stuff we just talked about. A basically. lot of the stuff that we just talked about. Um, I think the fact that it is a slower, it kind of brings the reader in more slowly. They're like, you know, here we have this ring. Uh, it's powerful we don't know how powerful and it kind of more slowly builds that tension and we haven't even i mean chapters one and two so we haven't even started to get the real tension yet that happens really quickly in the movie um which considering the movie already had to be cut down quite a bit it makes sense um one of a, a big difference in chapter two are we have we finished talking through chapter one we're kind of talking about both at the same time yeah and i've I'm also basically all the way through chapter my notes on chapter one. So okay. If you wanted to- Actually, just to bounce back, I thought the, uh, the all the gifts that he gives to his family, like oh, that just was like, great. Just like that was great. It gives you, know, you a sense of how like clever exactly really is. he's just like talking shit about of, everybody. Yeah, it's great. I like that. That was a good little. That was a good little. Oh, and uh, Mary mm. is also introduced in chapter one. Right. He seems like 
probably Frodo's best friend. Yeah, he's very loyal to Frodo. Um, he's already helping him. Like as soon as Bilbo leaves, Mary's helping out with all of the, um, with all of the to do about Bilbo leaving and all leaving yeah, all. Of which the is a lot. People. There's a lot of bull- which, is a, which is a lot. Um, a lot of people trying to come stake their claim on Bilbo's stuff, and he hadn't even been gone for a full day yet. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> I think. Let's see what else. Mary's introduction. Yeah. So. I think the, I mean, the first chapter is pretty much focusing around the party, um, and it doesn't seem like Gandalf is that worried yet, right? Like, he see, it, it doesn't seem like he's, like, he is in the movie, like, immediately really kind of... I think he's kind of optimistic that maybe, maybe the ring isn't what he thinks it is. He's, start, he's starting to already have, a, he's had doubts since Bilbo first found the ring. Right. Which is, if we want to talk about it really quickly... The main reason he had some hesitation at first is because Bilbo lied about he li- how he got it. And he knew he was lying. He knew he was lying, and he so it. he immediately realized that this ring had power over people right. and a negative and negative power right. over people. Because Bilbo um, was not considered to be a liar. He was a truthful a truthful hobbit. Right. Um, so that was what got him thinking initially. So he's a little worried, but he's not, you're right. He's not. He has more research to do, which right. he does in chapter two. Which that's most of what I want to talk about. Okay, well, um, let's talk. Let's about let's it. move on to chapter. Let's two. talk about it. Okay, so after Frodo, so Gandalf tells Frodo the ring. Bilbo left you the ring, bag end, everything that's still here that hasn't been gifted away. It's all yours. Um, so now Frodo has the ring. Okay. Let me make sure I'm not skipping over anything before I get into this, because I kind of want to get right into it. Okay. I think we can. Um, so, imagine you're watching the movie for the first time. Mm-hmm. As difficult as, as that is. Man, I wish you, I could I, go back and watch. So, we can we can talk about that, too. Chris always asks me <laughs> if you could watch the movies like you've never seen them before, but mm-hmm. you lose all of your Lord of the Rings knowledge, mm-hmm. would you do it? I'd do it. I wouldn't. Really? <laughs> I wouldn't. You can regain your knowledge. You can never have that I don't that have experience. that kind okay. of time. I don't... I, I think... I, I have too much knowledge. I don't... I think you need to rethink that, Jimmy. I'll think about it, okay. but for right now... We'll come back to it we'll on the next episode after you've had a week to okay. regain your senses. Um, Chapter so, two. The Shadow of the Past. The Shadow of the Past. Which is aptly named. Very uh, aptly named. So far, the chapter titles spot on dead on Tolkien if nothing else he was great at, at Chapter naming titles. his chapters yep um so Frodo has the ring now which he wears on a chain mm-hmm. on his neck which I, I had to actually look into that because I think he pulls it out of a chest when ben, when uh, Gandalf comes back when it's um, still in the envelope I think he pulls it out right, right? so back to my original question imagine okay. you're watching the fellowship right. for the first time okay Gandalf leaves Frodo uh, the night of Bilbo's disappearance. Okay. In your mind, watching this for the first time, how long in the movie is he gone from the time he leaves to the time he comes back? Like, say you say you know how far Minas Tirith is from the Shire. Right. Which, if it's if it's a three days ride from Rohan to Minas Tirith, how far is that from the Shire? At least seven days. Yeah. And then say he's in Minas Tirith for. A I thought week like tops. okay, I uh, just to answer your question, like a month tops. I don't even think I thought it was a month. I thought it was way a sh- way shorter amount of yes. time. Yes. Okay. It's seventeen. It's years. It's seventeen years, which is 
which is crazy. Obviously, to Gandalf, who's been alive for thousands of years. Are we still recording? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Technical difficulties. Okay. For obvi- okay. Obviously, for Gandalf, who's been alive for thousands of years, that 17 yes. years is like nothing. But to me, that seemed like way more than I was I freaked. I was a little bit freaked out. I was like, that I doesn't make in- any sense. Like, I was intimidated when I saw that. That doesn't make any sense. He's th- gone for a long time. Yeah. And he stops back in the Shire like six or seven yeah, times. Yeah, a few times like here and there just to kind of like... Check up on Frodo, basically. He wants right. to see... He basically wants to see how the ring is affecting Frodo. But he also doesn't get let Frodo in on any of the information he's gotten No, so because far. he wants to be 100% sure right. of what his suspicions are. Right. And his suspicions are, this is the one ring. Exactly. Or one of the one of the magic rings. He knows for sure it's probably a magic... Well, he knows so it's a magic ring. Right. There's So there's many like lesser magic magic rings right. made by the elves that they talk about but there are the rings of power three given to the elves which Gandalf has one of those mm-hmm. he's familiar which, he knows where in the book he has not stated that yet right uh, three for the elves nine for men seven, seven for, for dwarves, dwarves and then the one yes and um, one ring to rule them all exactly so he's <laughs> gone for 17 years 17 years doing, doing we know we know very little and this is what I want to talk about Okay. Because a lot of this is going to be speculation. Yes. And a lot of it's going to relate to the movie. I'm going to have to pull from the movie to fill in some of these gaps. So here's what Gandalf tells Frodo. He's been gone all this time, and he hasn't been... his The entire time he hasn't been searching for information about the ring, but most of the time he has. Right. He's been looking for Gollum. Correct. Which he says is the logical choice that anybody would follow if they were trying to figure out the origins of the ring mm-hmm. because he had it last before Bilbo. Um, so, um, man, I don't know where to start on this. So he, so so Gandalf leaves. He ends up finding Gollum, which he states in the movie as well. But it takes right. him a very long time, and right. he uses the help of of Aragorn, Aragorn who is introduced way sooner in the book than I thought he would. Be. Yeah, same. Um, he's also not introduced as Strider. He introduces him as Aragorn to Frodo. Does he? Oh, yeah. that's it. I didn't even he think does. about that. He, he tells him, I enlisted the help of Aragorn, a ranger in the north. You are so right. Because um, so, in the movie, they don't know who Aragorn is. Right. And maybe maybe when they run into him, Frodo doesn't know who it is at first. He probably finds out at the Council of Elrond. Uh, we'll, we'll find out. We'll find We'll out. find out later. I'm assuming he finds Aragorn at... Uh, the inn at the Prancing Pony and has no idea who he is. Right. Um, I'm assuming. Anyway, I, t- I knew this was going to happen. We're just going to go off on that's random fine. Tangents, that's fine. But whatever. This is how it goes. Um, so, Aragorn tracks and captures Gollum. Right. Ar- so, Aragorn does it on his own, it says. Yes. He, ca- he catches him in the Dead Marshes. Yes. Which, um... Which they assume he, he went to Mordor. Right. They're assuming he made his way to Mordor. Which he, which he did... He did. He reveals that he basically was tortured, tortured. into right. telling them the whereabouts of the ring. Right. Which is similar to the way they show it in the movie. Um, yes. He's like, they're torturing the out of Yeah, you can't really tell what's going on, but it's it doesn't look good. Um, they actually don't say outright that he was tortured, um, but it's definitely assumed he was tortured for yeah. information about the Shire and about Bilbo. <laughs> basically, Sauron... Um, Sauron's kicking. He, they... Uh, the the council of whatever it's called the council white council white, the yeah, white council white council drove Sauron's spirit out of Mirkwood and i guess right. that happened during the hobbit yeah so uh, so from my understanding the 
uh, in The Hobbit, which I don't want to get too much into what goes in The Hobbit, but Me. basically Sauron's stronghold is in... Uh, is, turn okay, turn it off. Sauron's stronghold is in... Wrong one. I got it. That one? I got it. Okay, Sauron's stronghold is in Mirkwood. He gets ousted yep. by the White Council, which is made up of like uh, Gandalf, Elrond, Galadriel, among a few other people. Right. Um, Sauron included um, Radagast. Anyway, so he gets taken out of Mirkwood, um, and then he does move down to Mordor um, and starts rebuilding the... Uh, Dark Tower, Barad-dur. Mm-hmm. Um, it mentions that, um, and so he is definitely—he's alive and kicking. Yes, and the orcs are multiplying in the mountains and the hills, and trolls are coming out of their their dungeons armed with fierce weapons. Yeah, it's it's says. not looking good, uh, especially in the in the east. Um, right. It hasn't. I mean, there's talk of it over in the Shire and right. in west. And the further out Frodo goes on, so Frodo meanwhile is going on these little trips by himself, where he's like leaving the Shire, and he's running into dwarves and possibly elves. Possibly elves. And Sam Sam thinks that he maybe has talked yeah. to elves, which Sam also has a, a a real fascination with elves. You learn he does. Um, he's he, very. He really wants. To He's see enamored the elves. with the elves, and he really wants to see the elves. And that um, kind of brings me. Well, we'll get to that later. Let's okay. continue with Gandalf's journey. Right. So, besides uh, questioning Gollum, so Aragorn catches Gollum in the Dead Marshes, brings him back to Mirkwood, where Gandalf currently is. Right. Gandalf questions him. Uh, it doesn't. He doesn't. He definitely doesn't torture him, but he scares him. <laughs> I have right. <laughs> I've written in my notes. Did Gandalf torture Gollum? Okay. Question mark. He, uh, no. He didn't. no. No. He put the fear of fire, fire in him, is what right. he says, which which leads me to believe he threatened quite a bit. Yes, I don't think Gandalf would do that. Right, um, he wouldn't. I don't At know. least the Gandalf I know, definitely not. Maybe, yeah, uh, we're gonna say he did not torture so anybody. Long story short, there's no doubt in Gandalf's mind. Gollum went to Mordor and uh, spilled the beans mm-hmm. on Bilbo and the Shire, and then it says the Wood Elves have uh, Gollum. Imprisoned, imprisoned, right? And I don't know exactly where in this, how in the storyline that works. Me neither. You, you... We'll find out. Okay. Uh, I wanted to look into it, but then I figured, oh, we'll probably find out later because in the movie, in the Fellowship, you only see Gollum uh, in Moria, and really, it only seems like an introduction for Gandalf to talk to Frodo about basically everything he talks about in right. this chapter. Which is so that is something I want to touch on. Basically the Shadow of the Past is that speech in, in Exactly. Moria, where he Which is one of my it's a great It's awesome. Uh, well I love all of Gandalf's little monologues. Yeah. But that's he's a got, very good one. He's got two good ones uh, in that one speech. Yes. The one people get tattooed all over themselves. Which one is that? Uh, like the uh, all you have to do is Oh, oh, well, let me let me let me turn to the it. time that is given to you. Yeah, I have it underlined in here because I like the. the and then the other one about many that live deserve death. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, let me let me. So, uh, yeah. So Frodo says, "I wish it need not have happened in my time," which he says is slightly different in the movie, but same idea. Yeah. So do I," said Gandalf, "and so do all who live to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us." Yep. So that great quote right there. Big um, one. And then there's another one that comes directly from his speech. Um, let's see. 
Oh yeah, that Bilbo was meant to find the ring. Yeah. Uh, in which case, you were meant, meant to have it. it. Yep. Uh, and that may be an encouraging thought. That that's from the Moria speech, which is happening in this chapter right. as well. Um, and there's a, there's a, there's a couple more I can actually. Yeah. So a lot of the so anyways, I don't know if if um, I doubt that Gollum followed them into Mordor. We'll find out later. Into Mordor or into Moria? Or into Moria. Sorry. We'll see. We'll see. But anyway, um, so. Also, in the movie, Gandalf rides to Minas Tirith to research the ring. He doesn't say anything about that. He doesn't mention it, but hold one second. Jimmy's got something here. If you allow me to turn to my appendix B, okay. There's 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 like a thousand pages at the end of this at the end of this book, just like extra extra uh, information here. Let's see if I can find it. Okay, so this is yeah. So right here. Uh, in Appendix B, uh, Gandalf and Aragorn renew their hunt for Gollum at intervals during the next eight years, searching in a couple different places. So, uh, at some time during these years, Gollum himself ventured into Mordor and was captured by Sauron. Elrond sends Arwen. She returns from somewhere. Um, okay. So then it says here, like eight years later or so, Gollum is released from Mordor. He is taken by Aragorn in the Dead Marshes and brought um, to Mirkwood. Um, and that's where Gandalf has his questioning of Gollum. And then it says Gandalf, visit, Gandalf visits Minas Tirith oh, and reads great. the scrolls of Isildur. Okay. That's, so that's coming directly from the book, from, awesome. from the appendix. So, so he does go to Minas Tirith. He does go to Minas Tirith. I, okay, I'm glad that didn't just come out of nowhere. That's where yes. Gandalf starts reading Isildur's account of the ring. Right. Um, which is in, in the movie, it's in the year 3434. I don't know if that's accurate. Yeah, I, who knows. Oh, oh, oh. Um, but... That's where he starts reading Isildur's account, where Isildur acknowledges the ring is precious, and obviously he's heard that from... He, at, in his hunt of Gollum, he hears Gollum say it many times. Right. He's heard Bilbo say it. Frodo thinks it in chapter two. Uh, I like how Tolkien kind of... he His point of view is omniscient. Mm-hmm. So he can see, he talks about what's happening in Frodo's mind. You can get a sense of what Gandalf is thinking about. Um, but when he talks about what Frodo's thinking, that's the kind of stuff that really comes out to me. Because Frodo, when he pulls the ring out... So Gandalf is kind of making fun of Frodo for thinking he can destroy the ring or just get rid of it. And he basically dares Frodo to, to try to destroy it. Frodo pulls it out. And he's he's noticed how precious precious it yeah, is. He does and think that. And from the 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 reading of Isildur's scrolls in Ministerith, he figures out that the the inscription on the ring. Right. He he. So here's something else that happens in the movie. He toss this. Okay. What happens in the movie? Does Frodo throw it in the fire, or does Gandalf? Gandalf throws it in the fire. Gandalf right? throws it in the fire. Okay, so he's he actually has possession of the ring. He's not holding it. He's holding it. He's holding it in, in an envelope. envelope. So Anyways. he's not physically touching the ring, but yes. Anyways, he throws it in the fire. Yes. Um, he pulls it out with the fire the sticks. What are yeah the tongs, tongs? Fire tongs. Puts it in Frodo's hand. It's quite cool. Obviously, mm-hmm. the ring has. Not affected by fire. Not even dragon fire can melt the ring, according to Gandalf. Um, so Frodo sees the inscription. He obviously doesn't know what it says. He's never studied elven languages before. Especially, of course not. Especially 
that of Mordor, which Gandalf will not utter here. No. Um, he never would. No. He knows better. He won't even talk about it during the night time. Yeah, I, th- I found that interesting. He talks about it in the morning, and it, he, talk, and it talks about how the... I don't know if it's just in Frodo's imagination, but it seems like the sky darkens, and everything gets darker yeah. whenever they're talking about this stuff. Right. And again, I don't know if that's just Frodo's imagination or what, but... A lot of the scenes that happen at night in the movie actually happen during the day because yes, because Gandalf, Gandalf's not willing to talk about it at he night. Will, he will not talk about it at night. Which is he's really he's already he's shook. Gandalf is shook. Yes. Um, he 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 is basically ninety nine percent sure that this is the One Ring. Mm-hmm. He has one last test is to see if the inscription is on the ring. Turns out you're right, Gandalf. Of course you're right. Um. So, Gandalf explains to Frodo, this is the one ring Sauron created um, to control all the others. Um, if you're not familiar with the story, I won't go into all that. Unless you want to go into all that. I think people understand. What do you mean by all that? The rings. The creation of the rings in from, in the first age and mm. Sauron's... I don't think we should get into all that Deception. Right um, basically, Sauron created a ring to control basically the world. Um, and if he gets this ring back... Uh, he's going to be able to control all the other rings, which apparently he's found some of them. He has which, found some of them. It's not. It doesn't matter really because if he has the one, it doesn't matter exactly. what else happens. So, um, Frodo's like, well, let's just destroy it. Um, similar, which is the logical. That's right. like logical, right? Uh, that's what Gimli thinks uh, is going to happen. Mm-hmm. In, well, I don't know if that's how it goes down in the book. Uh, I bet that happens. I, see, I can see that happening um, in the book. Obviously, let's just destroy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that's not going to work, says Gandalf. Um, it's a pretty powerful ring. Your stupid little fire can't even melt real gold, uh, let alone this magnificent ring. Um, and he's like, why don't you try it anyway? Gandalf or uh, Frodo pulls out the ring to throw it in the fire... And um, it says in the book, in an effort of will, he made a movement as if to cast it away, but found he had put it back in his pocket. Yeah, so like, he didn't even realize it. Subconsciously, he can't even bring himself to try to harm the ring. It's already got a a good hold on him. And also, people are starting to question uh, Frodo's age. He's looking good. Right, because he's He's 50 50 at this this point. point, Which is the same age that Bilbo was whenever he left for his adventure. So that brings me to my next point. Um, Frodo and Gandalf have a conversation about um, the ring and its um, how it has a will of its own. Mm-hmm. Um, it wants to be found, uh, says Gandalf. Uh, Bilbo finds it, which so in the in the prologue of the Fellowship in the movie, Galadriel says um, something happened that the ring did not intend. Right, it was picked up by the most unlikely of creatures. Gandalf kind of says something a little different. He says, "Hold on, let he, me." See. He kind of says that it's all in the will of the rain. I he's meant he was meant to find it. Right. I think maybe so, maybe he and Galadriel have different I think, views on the subject. Uh, so I think there the, the the way that he's mentioning that Bilbo was meant to find it. I think he's talking about like the good powers in the world that because he says at some point maybe this is just from the movie i can't remember but there's not just evil forces in the world there are good forces too. right and the ring the ring is definitely evil. yes and it'll 
eventually it'll corrupt anyone who has right. it for long enough. But <clears throat> I think he also says, I mean, I wish I had underlined it, but he says somewhere in, in this chapter, in chapter two, that the most unusual, the most, uh, basically the most unusual thing in the whole history of the ring was that it was found by Bilbo. Okay, so there is... So there's some, like, that's not really, that wasn't planned by the ring. Which okay. would make sense, because why would, if, if the ring is trying to get back to its master, it would not choose a hobbit. Okay, here's why I think it would. Okay. Um, Let's hear this. So, the ring has had, it's had a penchant for finding, uh... Beings who are very adventurous, very inquisitive, it but easily corruptible. Wait, what? But easily corrupt. Okay, right. Sort of. The ring will corrupt you. I guess you're right. Absolute ring corrupts absolutely, that is as the they say yes. in history class. Um, but so obviously it. So I have it written down here. Where do I have it? Um, maybe I didn't write it down. Oh. Um, so, when Gandalf is talking to Frodo about his, about their plans, they basically agree that Frodo has to leave the Shire. Right. That's the only way to save um, the hobbits in the Shire, is that Frodo can't keep the ring there. Right. They, because say that, the, they say that pretty outright in the movie as the well. The enemy is aware now of hobbits, he's aware of the Shire, and he's aware of right. Frodo. They're coming. Um is their understanding. So right. in the, another reason I like um, Tolkien's omniscient point of view is that he talks about Frodo. Frodo has a burning desire to have a Bilbo like adventure, mm -hmm. which you don't, you don't really get that from, you can see that Frodo is very quick to leave. Right. To like call to action. He's good to go. He's, he's got a shit packed up and he's ready to go in the, in the book, it says his mo his motive main motivation might be adventure. to go to go find Bilbo. He something. may he might not care about saving the Shire. He wants to he wants to have a little fun. That is a big part of it, I think. right? So does he want to save the Shire and the Hobbits, or does he want to have an adventure? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. I think there's some part of him that selfishly wants an adventure and wants to go find Bilbo and have adventures with Bilbo. So do you think that's like the Ring playing in playing like into it? It might his emotions and using its power. To, it might be to prey on. Was there any mention of him wanting adventure before before he becomes? I'm sure before he has possession of the ring. I'm sure there. I don't know if there is outright, but I'm sure his relationship with Bilbo from the beginning. He the reason Bilbo likes him so much is probably because they have a lot in common, including the want their will to adventure. But you think it might be kind of exacerbated by the ring? Definitely. I could definitely see that if the ring finds itself in this position in the Shire, which is about as right. far away from it's gonna, as you can it's get. It's going to do what it, it... It really is. If you consult your uh, Lord of the Rings map, which, which I have here on my desktop... I kind of wanted to print one off. I didn't. Um, that's but. okay, because I have one right here. The Shire is in, like, the northwest uh, uh, region of Middle-earth. Mordor right. is in, like, as far southeast as you can go. As the map goes. There's right. further east and south, right. but that's not important to the story. We're not going to get into any of that. Right. Um, but it's about as far away as you can get. It's pretty far. Um, so that is actually a good question that I hadn't thought about. That the ring might have some played into that adventurous side of Frodo to get him to take it closer to Mordor. See, I knew I could. I knew I could get to you. You, I think you swayed me on that one. Um, 
that is interesting. Um, but even in the movie, I don't think he's obviously at first he doesn't consider he doesn't cons- even consider the fact that he will be taking it to Mount Doom. That's not something at first that he considers. No, definitely not. He's just trying to get it out of the Shire in the movie at least and right. help he, out Gandalf. Right. And he does not expect to be going that much farther than than Rivendell. Than probably. Rivendell, probably. Yeah. Uh, and Sam's quick to jump on it too. Uh, Sam's all about it. He wants to see the elves so bad. Um, yeah, that might be uh, the last. That is the last line of, yeah. of chapter two. He's he's uh, burst into tears because he's so happy that he could go see the elves. Um, Sam's got a little adventure in him. He does. He's never, according to the movie, he's never gone very far out of the uh, the Shire, but he's wanted to. Um, was there? I feel like there's something else I wanted to. Okay, so. Was there any more on that line of... Uh, I don't think so. Let me make sure. Uh, no, I basically wanted to talk mostly about Gandalf's journey that we right. don't get in the movie and kind of the um, the overall power the ring has, which I think we, we definitely covered that. We definitely covered that. Um, as far as character introductions in the second chapter... We have Aragorn, which we already talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's described as a friend of... Uh, Aragorn is a, a friend of Gandalf's, and he's described as the greatest traveler and huntsman of this age of the world. That's quite a... Which is, from coming from Gandalf especially... quite a compliment. Who's been in all three ages. Yeah. Um, he considers Aragorn of the third age the, the best traveler and huntsman in the entire I'm world. I'm assuming he already knows about... Uh, Aragorn's lineage. I, I assume so. Yeah, um, he has to. He, he knows ha- everything. He basically. has to. Oh, there is one more thing I wanted to talk about. I don't have it written here. Maybe I do have... Oh, um, okay. I do have it written. Okay. Gandalf is talking... He basically... A lot of chapter two is Gandalf talking to Frodo about his suspicions all along about the ring. He wanted to bring it up to Saruman, and he said something always stopped him from telling... Saruman. Yeah, he says he Saruman became prideful, and I can't remember what else he says specifically about him. But he knows a lot about ring lore. Yeah, so, so that's Saruman's main area of study. We don't need to get too much into Saruman right now. I, There'll be plenty of time for that. I know, but but something right. does stop Gandalf from talking to Saruman about it. Even though he's the head of the White Council, Gandalf doesn't quite trust him. Right. Um, and he doesn't know why. He doesn't know why, and he doesn't. You know, he obviously comes to him later on. Exactly, um, which we which, will see. I know, which I almost want to jump into that. No, right no, no, now. no, 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 no. Okay, no, no. that's we for won't. a different time. We won't. Aragorn is introduced. Who else is introduced? Pippin is introduced. They Where's... talk a little bit about Pippin. Pippin gets an introduction, as well as two other hobbits who, unfortunately, didn't. They don't make it very much farther than that. There's two other that are named. I can't even remember Bothan their names. And so, I don't know. So, some. Yeah. I didn't even. I didn't even don't take bother much them. notice to it. They're they're not part of the fellowship. They're not. So. They're not important. Um. Let's see. Who else gets introduced? Oh, so chapter two is the first time that they talk about the... Basically, the first time they talk about Mordor, the first time they talk about Sauron, the enemy, um, is in chapter two. So, like, Sauron's introduced, which that's a completely different episode as well, I believe. Right. Because there's a lot that we can go into about Sauron. We might have to make, like, some some extra episodes. Like character deep dives? Maybe. Maybe. Or maybe we can just like devote one chapter that doesn't have a lot going on in it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, there's so there's a lot to be said about Sauron in the the histories of Middle Earth. Um, but at this point in the story, we know that he's this ancient evil who once 
basically took over the whole world because he says a second cover he wants to cover the the world in a second darkness right which means we know that he has previously ruled all of if not close to all of middle earth right um and he wants to do that again that's pretty much all we have knowledge of about sauron so far so in that case we shouldn't dive we should not dive not, not this yet. episode okay well that good that gives us a little bit of structure to where we can okay. go in deep because i was kind of debating like when and when should we not break out the Silmarillion which we have sitting right here i don't i guess not for this, this not for this episode. not this episode we won't do that to you guys yet um is there anything else so yeah so basically finishing up chapter two it goes similarly to the film right he pulls sam through the window out of the bushes yeah scares scares him asks him what he heard and he kind of he lets him know that he basically he heard about kind of what they were talking about um and he you know don't turn me into anything unusual or unnatural he says yeah um and so then Gandalf gets the good idea that this should be Sam and uh, Frodo should should go together on this journey. And what a great idea that was, as we'll come to find Perfect out. Perfect idea. Um, we will come to find that out. So, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on for chapters one and or two? Um, I don't think so. We covered everything and then some. I think so. I'm pretty. Let me make sure I didn't. I'm pretty happy with anything we, in my notes. What we got, what we got out of two chapters that really are only introducing characters and maybe some plot structure. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of plot movement in these chapters, so we apologize if there's. Um, Don't apologize. Oh yeah, I won't apologize. Never mind. We broke it down. We broke it down. Um, that's pretty much all. I don't have anything else in my notes. Um, I'm excited for chapter three. I'm so excited. Which is called. Chapter 3 called Three is Company. So I'm assuming... Well, what does that mean? Would that be Gandalf, Sam, and Frodo? No, it wouldn't be because they leave Gandalf. And it wouldn't be... Pippin and, Pippin and Mary. Because that's four. That is four. Three. I guess we'll find we out. We will find out. What's chapter four called? Because we're going to do both. Okay, yeah. We're doing both. Chapter four... A Shortcut, shortcut to, to mushrooms. mushrooms. Okay. Which is has to be where Mary and Pippin I wonder if the three... If that has something to do with... Uh, a character not many people know about. I don't think so. Named so Tom early. Tom Bombadil. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know much about Tom Bombadil. Neither do I. Tom Bombadil is a very interesting character. I yeah. think we should try to discuss. There's not a whole lot of written about him, but I think he's a character that we can kind of use our imagination with and, and talk through some scenarios. Okay. Excellent. Um, all right. That's it for me. Good. We will see y'all next Sunday for chapters three and four. Bye bye. <laughs>